shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. Hello, everybody. Once again, welcome to the Adventures in Tech podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Dan. And we are very excited to be uh, along this journey with you. This is episode number five. And I can't believe it's five episodes already, Dan. No, that's crazy. Time is flying by. That is for certain. Uh, We have a lot going on. Uh, I know before we get started, we uh, definitely want to say, if you're liking the content, please help us out by providing feedback and a rating on the platform you use to listen, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, whichever it is. We greatly appreciate your support. And before we hit all those other news uh, avenues, Dan, what's going on uh, with you in the classrooms and projects and what's going on now? Uh, I have a few things in the works. Um, One thing actually kind of, I got all excited. I know we talked about in the last few episodes, the idea of AR, VR. Is it ready for prime time? Yep. Well, I'm putting together some trailers, I guess. All right. I'm getting to see if this is indeed uh, ready for prime time. So working with an English teacher who's teaching To Kill a Mockingbird and wants to engage the students throughout the reading of the novel. So to keep them thinking critically, to start developing their own view of it, their own voice, and we're gamifying it. That's great. So they're focusing either on settings, character development, conflict, and creating an interactive game to go along with it. So Fantastic. we're bringing in the merge cubes in order to create that AR element, and I'm really excited to see how it goes um, forward. And then I'm bringing it back Yes, we're going back. I don't know if I told you this, but <laughs> we're, we're going back to the fourth grade classroom for Native Americans, yes. and the Netflix special will be in effect. That's great for the for the fourth grade. So a lot of AR, VR, actually, projects, as you know, we have been mentioning, and the one, um, so I know you just mentioned the two with the ELA and obviously the fourth grade. We did have a meeting with our AP environmental uh, science uh, teacher last week, in regards to how we're going to use the images we capture with the drone in moving his instruction forward. And we also had some other great ideas as far as the earth science teachers and units. So a lot of good things going on in that realm. Absolutely. And uh, the, the teacher was very excited to look at ThingLink. Yeah. Um, I think creating that, you know, immersive platform in ThingLink will be a fantastic resource for the science teachers, especially earth science. So we've already been talking about developing instructional materials in an immersive environment using ThingLink. Yeah, we had some great ideas with that. I was actually able to get into a second grade classroom, started talking about coding. We know the hour of code comes up in December. Kind of little uh, sandbox time with uh, the second graders allowing them to use BeBots. Because again, as we've mentioned previously on this podcast, these students have not had a lot of opportunities to have a hands-on experience. So second graders, their kindergarten year and first grade year were cut short in terms of normalcy, so to speak. So we were able to use the B-Bots, gave a little introductions, can use something with expanded uh, value, place value, talking about numbers, talking about coding. We talked about debugging, kind of an introductory to coding for these students. Moving forward, we're going to scaffold it up, and we're going to use something with non-standard units of measurement, Uh, using uh, inches, centimeters, all of their math lessons, and they're going to create their own mini golf course, right? We're talking about that. It's very cool using the Spiro golf balls that we have. And then at the end, as their culminating experience, they will also tie in their makerspace to this, and then they will be able to, uh, you know, use the Spiro mini golf balls to 
uh, actually play the golf course that all of their classmates created. They're in pairs, so it'll be uh, about nine-hole golf course. So we'll make sure that you get have some fun with that. I think everybody's going to have some fun with that. That's exciting. Um, I also, right off the bat, give another shout-out to Mount Matt Miller. Yeah. Um, he came in handy yet once again. I love how all, his, all of his ditch resources are available right there on demand. So we're preparing for a conference day where we're working with, oh, I'd say about 60 – something teaching assistants yep. just to help them and we're meeting all virtually. So the engagement factor was something that I it's think a challenge, it's yeah. a challenge. So we, we um, went right to ditch that textbook and got the inspiration to create a, an escape room. Yeah. So rather than talking and guiding them through it, we're going to engage them in some discovery by creating an escape room. Yeah, we're very thankful for Matt and, and everybody out there who's always very sharing and, you know, uh, we love that people just share things and we always talk about Twitter and a resource and so forth, but everybody shares the educators out here, whether it be podcasts, books, blogs, there's a, just a whole slew of information out there on the internet that is for free that people, you know, they just want what's best for students and that's really what the forefront is where what they do, where they're behind their, you know, their philosophy, and it's great. And speaking of Matt, we do want to give him a shout-out with his Ditch Summit that is coming up December 13th through January 7th, 2022. It'll be year number six for that Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit. It's free online conference for educators. They're going to have more than 75 video presentations with presenters on a wide range of topics that we guarantee you'll love. We're, we're super excited about it. DitchSummit.com to get registered for that, which is uh, actually about six weeks away. Uh, actually, a little bit more than that, six or seven. But uh, very exciting, ditchsummit.com to get registered. Uh, we also want to mention NiceGate Better Together 2021 conference being held in Rochester, New York at the Hyatt Regency. We will be there live uh, broadcasting. Uh, we're going to discuss the different sessions, the workshops, the keynotes, the corporate sponsors. We'll see what's new in EdTech with the exhibit hall. There'll be special guests on the podcast. So if you are attending, please make sure you reach out to Dan or I on the socials. Uh, check out the hashtag EdTechGuys uh, and make sure you follow us along. But we're excited. That's coming up uh, towards right before Thanksgiving. Uh, we will be uh, live at the NiceGate Better Together 2021 conference. So... With all that out of the way, Dan, weekly windup, what do we got going on? There's been some updates. Not a lot of Google this week, nope, so not, we're excited. Not a lot of Google, but there are some updates to Cami. Um, I have to I have to be honest with everyone. Cami, at first, I was like, eh. Right. Eh. But the more I've got involved with it and the more I, I've seen what that platform has to offer, I'm really excited about Cami. For those of you not familiar what Cami is, um, Cami will allow you to annotate and use your PDFs um, directly in Google Classroom. So some new updates that they have that I think are, are pretty useful coming in the October is a new My Domain sharing permission. So talk about you know working smarter and not harder. Um, when you're creating activities for your students that revolve around PDFs, um, there's now a new exciting domain option for Google Drive that allows users to share their Cami file with users in the same domain email. So it's super useful when you want to make sure only the people in your school and everything have access to it and you don't have to put it out there publicly, but also that your colleagues and you can access and collaborate in a much easier way. Yeah, and, and collaboration is where it's at, is having students to collaborate on any kind of platform is is part of the integration experience that we're all about. So 
a lot of good things with Cami with that. Anything else with Cami? Yeah, the create a copy with Google Classroom. So for those use people out there that use Google Classroom, no. And this is something that still drives me nuts. If you create an assignment and you don't, the first time you assign it, create a copy for each student. So let's just say you put it view only, yep. you assign it, then you go back to change it. You can't change it to create a copy for yeah, each student. Yeah, it's frustrating. So then you have to reuse the post, delete the old post. And now Cami has an option that if you accidentally create a view only assignment um, and you want students to work on individual copies, now Cami will ask if you'd like to create a copy and attach it to your Google Classroom. Ugh. So this will allow you to push out new editable copies instead of recreating the entire assignment from the beginning. Yeah, that's that's a huge feature because it's just frustration. Again, it's making education more efficient for us. You know, because we're scheduling all these things and we're assigning all these things and sometimes we just forget or we change our mind and making that create a copy is is awesome uh, as we look at an update for Cami. Um, also going in Cami is an update for those Schoology users, especially the elementary experience. Um, there's now an elementary experience integration. So this update gives younger students a more streamlined experience when it comes to locating and opening their assignments with Cami. So the change is only visible to students. So as a teacher, you must select which course to enable the um, elementary experience mode. So you can just choose the course you want to use Schoology's EE on, click course options, then edit privacy settings, scroll down to course settings, and then under course themes, select elementary experience. That's great. And there are, you know, some other minor updates. You know, if, if you're a big Canvas user, same thing, Cami feature restrictions in Canvas, they're now available uh, in their Canvas integration, where you allows you to toggle specific Cami tools on off for your students to work with uh, on each specific uh, assignment that you're giving them. So only the selected tools would be visible for the students, but as the teacher, you still have your entire toolbar. So that's great with the feature restrictions because maybe some of those tools are overwhelming, especially for our youngest learners. So that's cool. And then what else, Dan? There's a new color picker. That's great. So the long-awaited color picker is here. Now you can add more colors to your palette when using the markup, text box, comments, equation, drawing, and shapes tools. Yeah, let, let's be honest. We all like to be, uh, you know, fluff things up with our colors. We like to be specific. We maybe want to match a specific hex code or whatnot. So that's definitely cool as we uh, look forward to the color picker in Cami. And to have a little more fun with Cami, there's now um, some additions to their stickers tool. So, I mean, who doesn't love stickers? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do have a five-year-old at home. Uh -huh. I, he'll do anything for a sticker. Um, so now there's some new stickers, and you'll find a new additional tab labeled Sticker Rewards. Yeah, and other than that, there's uh, some minor uh, changes uh, besides those. They got some beta things going on with text boxes. Uh, which allow the it'll recognize the last text format used and apply it. So if you're using the same text formatting over and over again, it's kind of going to remember that. That's that AI picking up what you're doing. There is uh, you can drag create text boxes. So there's something else. And then the Cami logo on the top left corner of your Cami window will now act as a home button, taking you back to your main dashboard. So minor, uh, you know, uh, developmental. Uh, Minor, you know, minor changes that are going to help your efficiency overall with Cami. And finally, I just want, it's not a new addition. It's always been there, but I'm not sure how in the forefront it is in teachers' mind, minds, but there is a split and merge tool within Cami. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, again, I haven't used it much. I, I, I have used it. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you have, as teachers, we have resources from a variety of different places, and they all come in different formats, and... Trying to create 
and experience for students can often be overwhelming if you have a PDF file, a Google Doc, wh whatever right. it is. Um, I've seen uh, myself and a lot of people spending hours at the copier, yeah. which uh, burning through cash and paper supplies, trying <laughs> to shortage of paper as we right, speak now, right? Trying to put all these and combine all these different things together in an easy in an easy way for students to access. But with Split and Merge, you'll be able to effortlessly customize and combine PDFs just by clicking a few buttons. That's great. Um, <clears throat> definitely a, a feature that you want to check out as part of Cami. Um, I know I'm probably getting ahead of the conversation a little bit uh, as a teaser for our next episode in regards to PBL. We're going to have uh, some special guests on regarding that, but uh, there was an article that I came across that I just wanted to share out, just a little synopsis of it, that PBL is not PB and J. So when you're thinking about project-based learning and using uh, the initialization of PBL, you know, you think of your favorite lunch, which is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, also known as a PB and J. So despite the similarity in abbreviations, both of these are quite different, not just because one's a sandwich. But if you think <laughs> of peanut butter and jelly, what words come to mind? Conceptually, it's a very common and basic object, not unlike a traditional classroom routine. But just like the sandwich, it works well, it gets the job done. We want to think of as we take a fresh look at classrooms and implementing project-based learning model in your classroom, you now create this classroom of executive chefs capable of creating any meal you desire, where PB&J is pedestrian, PBL is gourmet. So kind of thinking of PBL, and we're going to have some really experts uh, on it in our next episode, uh, thinking about that and how to model PBL in your classroom, you want to put that learning into the hands of your students. We're going to have a conversation with two specialists coming up with that. So it's going to be something that we're excited about. We'll post the article in the show notes for you to check out to kind of delve into it before we talk with our specialists on the next episode. Excellent. So we, uh, I know we had mentioned in a previous episode, I don't remember which number specifically, we we're going to talk about Wakelet. And I feel like Wakelet, Wakelet is very underutilized, um, and, and I will be at fault. I, I don't use it as much as I should. Um, I'm excited with everything that they've come out with. If you're not familiar with Wakelet, and there's a ton of news about, you know, Wakelet and what they have the Wakelet wave, they call it. And we're going to talk about, about that. But what is Wakelet and how does it work? Basically, it's just an online content platform that allows you to curate and share things in the classroom and beyond the four walls. We're already talking about thinking outside the box, thinking outside of those four walls. It's that digital curation platform that lets teachers and students organize the mix of content for easy access. And, and you know, you might be thinking, well, I can curate my content in Google Classroom mm -hmm. or I can curate it on a website. You absolutely can. But what the, the genius of Wakelet is, it gives you an easy platform just to put different file types you can share from anywhere. Some can be public, some can be just for, for the users that you want. Right. And it's completely accessible through one link. Yeah, public, private, unlisted. It's all in the one link. It's got integrated features to share to classroom or whatever LMS you're using. And it's really just, they call them, you create wakes. You're mm -hmm. creating a wake uh, as a way to pool your resources, so to speak, on maybe a certain topic, allowing students to explore various information ahead of a lesson, during a lesson. Uh, it's an open platform, which means the students can go off and explore the wakes created by others to learn more. Um, but it's got a lot, and, and it does integrate with Microsoft Teams and OneNote and Buncee and mm -hmm. Flipgrid. And so the app smashing is there as well. So Wakelet is very, uh, very utilized in the classroom and super simple. It's super, super simple. simple to use. You know, whether it be a web page and adding video, it's it's very straightforward uh, as as the curated tool. And, Dan, the most important thing to me 
it's free. Yeah. Free 99. It's it's free to sign <laughs> up, free to use. They're COPA, they're FERPA. Edlaw to be compliant, just have your specific district uh, sign the agreement. Uh, have Wakelet reach out, let them sign the agreement. That means there's no hidden costs. There's no scaling for users. There's no advertisements, which is a huge thing when we think about right putting things in certain platforms, you risk that safety feature. When we talk about common sense media of the available, there could be advertisements, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So that's something great. It is. And especially think about those advertisements. There's a lot of things that you'd access that might be blocked from your, your school district's filter because of those advertisements that could pop up. Yeah. So we are going to put in the show notes everything about Wakelet. There are a ton of templates. Um, and when we talk about what kind of templates you could have for Wakelet, and just to brainstorm some ideas, uh, Wakelet actually this year has released a new column layout, yeah. uh, which is awesome. It, it reminds me of uh, the shelf in Padlet. Exactly. That's right what I was, that's exactly right what here, I Dan. was thinking. We're here. Right there. <laughs> I mean, but it's great. It's great because, you know, I love Jamboard. Yeah. And I absolutely love it, but it is lacking in regard to that that organization feature that right. you, you can enjoy in Padlet. And since Padlet is not free 99 for, yep. for everything you may need, um, it, it, you know, it, it becomes a challenge. But Wakelet now with the column view and the easy accessibility can definitely be a, a, a substitute for Padlet. And I think you can do a lot more with it. I mean, if you're looking just to brainstorm, brainstorming, this new column view is great. Yeah. I mean, just for brainstorming ideas, that column layout is awesome because you can have a bird's eye view of all your thoughts and notes right in one place. Yeah, they've really carved out a niche of, of what's important like that. They've taken that space that we really that education has been lacking for free, like a free space. We know Padlet's great. We've talked about it. It's got its its purpose in education. If you're a big Padlet user, we are not knocking it all. No, we love it as I well. Love Padlet. Yeah, it's just you, after so many Padlets, you have to delete them, export them. You know, you, you lose your space for them. So that's important. But, you know, again, the, the new projects, brainstorm group research projects is another thing with colleagues and friends. It, it's great. It's great. And, you know, when we're doing these group research, which kind of leads us right into next week when we start talking about PBL, but, you know, students are collaborating and they're sharing with you and there's all this great stuff going in, in Google, but sometimes you just want the bird's eye view of everything yep. where you can access it in one place and Wakelet can do that. So when you have group research projects, you can use the new column feature, give a column for each group. They can do their research. They can do their sharing within the column and you can see everyone's work in one place. One place easily viewable on your screen it's great in that sense that you can see everything they're adding in a minute we're not saying just youtube videos videos that the students create anything they put in their google drive slide decks sheets data whatever they are creating drawings pictures you name it it can all be hosted on the wakelet I mean, other things you can do with this new column view, bulletin boards, collaborative boards, weekly planners, um, everything you can create and build these type of things. And then you can take that Wakelet, you can embed it in your website, you can post it on your Google Classroom, you can post it in your LMS, you can send it out via Remind. Everything is accessible right from that one place. Right. And if you, Wakelet's got a mobile app, so you can take a peek at that you know, at that weekly planner, at what you're sending out, even from a mobile device, it doesn't have to be just web-based. You know, the thing that came to mind too with me is exit tickets. 
We always want to see if our students are absorbing the information that we are teaching them. So you can invite your students to have this collaborative exit ticket. It could be a math minute, whichever it is. And with the column layout, you seamlessly can access every student's response to the lesson through however they're, they're pushing their exit ticket or however you ask them to provide their inf information that they understood into the multiple forms of content. So definitely give the exit ticket a try. Absolutely. So, um, you know, looking at the new column feature, but there is a wake out there and um, it was definitely cura curated by Wakelet and, and added to by a bunch of educators, but there is a whole suggestion of templates and column yeah, templates that you can use, um, which will allow you, you know, that whole, as we say, work easier, work smarter, not harder. Um, allow you to take something and adapt it for what you need. Yeah, and I just want to mention that it's not just column templates that they're giving us. They're giving student templates, blogger templates, lesson plan templates, newsletters templates, distance learning, librarian entry and exit tickets, mindfulness. We talked about SEL a couple episodes ago. So there's a ton of templates out here that are free to use, free to recreate, and you can use them and tweak them however you see fit. So uh, the column view and wakelet is something that we definitely recommend checking out. Absolutely. And, and just to list a few more of the templates that I think are very useful, the reading tracker template, the lesson mm. resources template, the research template, your collaborative task list template. I mean, choice boards, um, choice board wakelet templates. I love choice boards. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So and they've also have if you really get really into wakelet, you can actually become wakelet certified. You know, everybody likes badges and getting that certification. So you can definitely delve into uh, Wakelet and the certified course and become Wakelet certified. And of course, it's hosted in what else? Awake. <laughs> so you can definitely check it out. And it's it's clearly outlined on how to become a Wakelet certified educator. Very cool. We'll link that to the show notes as well. Other things that came out, they have a new design button that just dropped in October as well. Uh, the new design button inside your Wakelet collections make it even easier to make them beautiful. So we talked about that formatting. There's different layout options, background, cover images, all in one place. And we all love gifts, Dan. I was just about to say there, who doesn't love gifts? I love gifts. If you'd see my escape room, you'll yeah. see how much I like gifts. That's it. Maybe I should post that in the show notes. We can definitely do we'll that. We'll do that. So uh, you could definitely, you know to keep your kids interested, your students interested in everything, you know, have some fun gifts in there based on whatever it is you're using. That'll be definitely something that attracts your students' interest and keeps them engaged uh, overall. So we talk about different ways with uh, using Wakelet in your classroom, uh, digital portfolios, all different kinds of spaces and so forth. You know, Matt Miller, of course, we're going to go back to Matt, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully he'll be on the podcast at some point. But he came up with an article of 20 ways to use Wakelet in your class. And, and we know the Internet is a busy place, but Ma Wakelet is really making things more manageable and create these collections and more with Wakelet. The Internet has all kinds of useful information. We're, we're all – it just gets increased. It gets fuller of information every day. And the struggle is kind of finding – where to curate it, mm -hmm. like what to do with it once you find it. Not finding it. We all know Google, right? I mean, curation is the key here with Wakelet, and that's huge. And I think I think this whole curation talk that we have with our discussion and, and the role that Wakelet plays in it is is really important to have because it doesn't it doesn't really matter if we're working remotely or hybrid or in person. We really have to be aware 
of how we are setting up our digital space. Yep. Um, the, the last thing we want to do is have students jump through hoops and click, 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 have 35 tabs open at the oh, top yeah. of their, uh, at the top of their browser. Everything freezes. Everything freezes. Yep. Um, but we want students to be able to access information easily, be able to add to it, think about it, process it, go back, make adjustments, reflect, peer edit. And that's difficult to do if you're going to three, four, five, six, seven different places to, yeah. to access information, whether it's your research or your final project or your collaborative notes. Um, using, using a curation tool like Wakelet really will enhance the learning environment for students because now there's more time that can be spent on task rather than searching for something that they know they have. I, I feel like without a, a good curation and a good building of your digital space it's just like that trapper keeper it's going to become cumbersome there's a lot of stuff in there and then you know think of our students if they are not very organized overall how do we ensure they're not spending their entire class period trying to find the information instead of utilizing the information so that's that's important you know wait wakelet's basically just like pinterest boards for the classroom you know and Pinterest has its place, of course, but it's more teacher-based. Right. Uh, you're not the, the students are not creating a Pinterest board uh, for curated material of what they're liking. So this is creation, which is really what we always say in the podcast is creating, not consuming. And we're also empowering our students to be self-managers. Yep. Um, we look at, at the skills that students are going to need to, to operate in, in a digital world and to be able to to manage their, their digital profile and to be able to collaborate effectively with others in a digital space is something we need to empower from our youngest learners to, to our graduating seniors because it, it's only going to help them. So by giving them the tools um, will allow them to, to self-manage and, and develop those skills. Yeah, and there's so much um, information or ways to, to use Wakelet it really, you know, we're going to talk Matt's collected or curated, I should say, yeah, right? Let's keep it there. <laughs> uh, he's cre uh, curated with uh, different educators across the country and the world of 20 ways that you can use Wakelet. Now, we know we talked about all the updates, which was important. We also mentioned the column view and, and different ways to utilize the column view specifically using Wakelet. But they have created a, a blog post with 20 different ways that educators can use Wakelet in your class. So, for example, uh, let's talk. We talked about gifts. Try a five-gift challenge. So, with the integration of uh, Giphy into Wakelet, the opportunities to use the gifts to reflect or respond or create, as we say, are endless. So, this is a great idea from uh, Tisha Poncio and Priscilla Heredia, EDU via Jen Mahan. They suggest challenging students to explain a topic or summarize a story using only five gifts. That's great. I love, I love that, that one. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump a little ahead. Um, this one was um, put out by John Fortney um, in, his, in his blog post, Creating Student Blogs with Wakelet. I mean, that use, this is something I, I just noticed when I, when I was starting to go through these new ideas for Wakelet, creating a student blog. That's great. Um, we're always looking for a, a good format. for, for I, I, Blogging is a great reflection piece for students. And to be able to reflect on something, share it, and then gain feedback is great. So I, I've always been a proponent of blogging in the classroom. Just the development of blogs have become a little bit more cumbersome in recent years um, with the tools that you can use. Right. Especially for us here 
in New York with making sure that everything we use is EdLaw 2D compliant. So creating student blogs with, with Wakelet. That's it, the perfect avenue. I think it is. And it, it definitely fills something that we really need, and which makes me hopeful that we can have more blogging in the classroom. Right. We know out of coming out of the pandemic, the the students need to have their voice. And this is definitely an outlet that can be utilized to give students that voice in creating a blog and tying it in or, you know, the mindfulness and the SEL and letting them really speak their thoughts in a safe manner. So that's important. That's a great one. One that caught my attention too was uh, coming up a big Letterman fan, <laughs> create a top 10 list, right? So now we're talking about app smashing. It doesn't even have to be app smashing, but you can have a top 10 list for anything. Think of, you know, just think David Letterman, right? And the top 10 list, that would be a great way of utilizing Wakelet. Wakelet. But with the Flipgrid Shorts camera integration, again, app smashing, students can now easily record a top 10 video right in the Wakelet collection. They can curate the top 10 videos a historical character would have in his or her YouTube playlist embed those videos in a Wakelet collection, then use text to describe why it makes the list, and then finally rank the videos based on a set criteria. Talk about a learning experience for students right there. And keeping on that app smash, and students can record a podcast using that Flipgrid shorts camera and Wakelet. Because with Flipgrid now, you can just do an audio recording. Right. So you can have your students do audio recordings in Flipgrid, and you'll have a podcast in minutes. Right. The devices, it makes it very simple in, in that regard. We do talk about digital portfolios. You can think how powerful it is if you are, uh, as a parent, if you are going to a parent-teacher conference and, you know, there's no better demonstration of understanding than seeing students work in a digital portfolio. So using that Wakelet space, teachers can create their own Wakelet evidence-based portfolio saying, this is why Dan gets a three. This is why Dan gets a 95, whichever the grading system is, but using, you know, almost getting rid of, like Matt would say, ditch that report card with a digital portfolio. Yes, you still need to have the grading. We're not telling you to ditch anything in that regard, but just looking at it a different uh, from a different angle and seeing how it could be powerful to explain to the students, uh, to the parents about their student. And, you know, I think as, as we're wrapping it up, but, you know, just curating a collection for students to explore. So you look at maybe those, the five E's of learning and you want the students to be able to explore a topic. You can curate it. You can curate that exploration for them there. So they're not just going out on their own, clicking on any random links. You can build a place for them to explore. And what I see here is a great integration of using some of those resources in Google Arts and Culture. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're looking at you know, history and social studies, you can, you can explore some ancient places, people, but even in art and music, there's so much in there. They can explore different genres, different artists. They can, they can, there's games in Google arts and culture where, where they can immerse themselves in music and art. So be able to curate all those different activities in one place will create a meaningful experience. Yeah, and as we start to wrap things up, one more that I wanted to mention was making global connections. We're always mm -hmm. talking about connecting with other students locally, globally, and the power of the internet really allows us to do that. So collaborators on a Wakelet collection, they don't have to be in the room with your students. So we can partner with another class in another state. 
another country. Mm -hmm. We can find them by connecting with other educators through social media, which we know we've talked about before as teacher conferences or even databases like Flipgrid's Grid Pals are very helpful. So connecting them. And once those classes are connected with another class, you create that collection, you share it with the teachers and students, find an activity you collaborate on, and you can get started based on your curriculum. There is a whole uh, official guide to Wakelet free ebook, which we will uh, list in the show notes as well. There's really a lot more information we can talk about Wakelet, um, and I don't want to take up too much time. Uh, I think we can definitely have a part two of, of Wakelet, of, of other ways. You know, I know we talked about all the new features, and, and that's the thing with these ed tech companies. They keep creating new, uh, ex- I don't want to say experiences, but new tools, and they're listening to our feedback to make their product better to help us serve our students. And what I really like about, I'm, even with Google or Wakelet or Cami. A lot of these tools are centered around students creating something. So it. It, it's not just a canned program that they're going to watch and answer questions or, or do something. It, it's about the creativity and challenging students and putting students at the forefront. You know, creating that student-centered experience is something we all strive for. Yeah, they learn more by creating instead of consuming, as we've, that's kind of our mantra with the, uh, the podcast is we definitely want to come up with ways that students are able to create and not consume as much because it's just an overall better learning experience. So as we wrap up, we got a bunch of episodes coming up. Uh, as well, we will do a Wakelet Part 2. We thank you once again for all of your support listening on all the platforms and leaving us a review. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out to Dan or I. Uh, anything else, Dan? Nope, that's it for me this week. All right, tech hard, work smart, live in adventure. Until next time. Find Andrew on all socials at A Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR. 